If you were standing on a train station platform waiting for your train to come, perhaps you're there with friends, perhaps you're just there on your own, what's going through your mind? What are you thinking about? What are you looking at? I was travelling on pilgrimage a couple of months ago and I was standing at a train station platform with about half a dozen of our pilgrims and one of the pilgrims suddenly noted, they have the cleanest railway lines. They're amazing. You know, she was just totally struck, awestruck, inspired by how amazingly clean their train lines were. Not full of rubbish, didn't have kind of all this black grime all over it like she's used to in Melbourne. Um, but she was so struck by it. And everybody else was kind of surprised. Like, who would, who would notice such a thing? <laughs> who would be inspired or awestruck by such a thing? But she was amazed. She took these photos, so thank you. But when you think about it, why shouldn't we be inspired by all the ordinary things that are around us, whether they be train lines or whatever else? If God is in everything and holds everything in his hand, then surely he can, he can inspire us, he can um, speak to us, he can move in our lives through any of these things whether ordinary or extraordinary. We might believe this, that God is with us and, and his grace can move at any moment, but I think we actually often live in a very different way. We live in this kind of divided way where we have our spiritual moments and then we have our ordinary moments. Our spiritual moments might be perhaps when we come to prayer, perhaps when we're talking with someone who's particularly holy or wise, and perhaps when we're doing some explicit act of charity or doing something that we know is God's will, serving him in some way, or perhaps we're looking at a sunset or something. Those might fit into the category of spiritual moments. Therefore, we're open, we're expectant that God might be inspiring us. He might be saying something to us. He might be showing up in some particular way, guiding us or whatever it is. So when we're in those moments, our ears and our eyes are open. Our heart is open. We're open and attentive to what God might be saying to us or what he might be doing in that place. But then we have all of the ordinary moments, which is basically everything else in our lives, most of our lives, where, whether we're brushing our teeth or just walking down the road or catching a train or paying our taxes or just having a banal conversation with a friend or a co-worker about whatever random stuff. And in those moments... We don't need to have our spiritual ears and eyes open because it's not that likely that God's going to move, yeah? In fact, it's much easier for us to engage with life in that way because then we don't have to um, spend energy on listening for the voice of the Lord. But if we believe that God can actually move in any of those ordinary moments, then perhaps we're missing out on something. What are we missing out on? And I think the Pharisees were missing out on something just like this in our gospel today. The way that they approach this conversation, they're coming at it in this divided way. They've got the spiritual moments, the God stuff that they do in their lives, of which the Pharisees did plenty. They, they served the Lord and sought to do his will through obeying all the laws. But then there's the other stuff. And I think they've come at this conversation with the perspective that Jesus is not from God 
He's saying evil, unhappy things. So therefore, he's getting in the way of us doing our God stuff. And they've come at this conversation simply to get rid of Jesus so that he can stop distracting them and they can get back on with their God stuff more freely. But they're not open to an encounter. They're not open to something that might be revealed to them. They're not open to hearing or seeing anything new. They're just coming in with this one mindset. Matthew shows very clearly that they don't even bother to show Jesus kindness. We can also think that if, if it's not a spiritual moment, if God's not moving in this moment, then I don't need to worry about being virtuous. I can be duplicitous or I can be malicious or I can um, have this, this manipulating flattery that we see the Pharisees coming to Jesus with. Jesus, on the other hand, is just perfectly honest with them. He says, first thing out of his mouth is, you hypocrites, why are you, why are you setting a trap for me? And it makes me wonder, what, what actually upsets Jesus most in this scene? What actually grieves Jesus about this encounter? I don't think it's the fact that the Pharisees are trying to trap him. I don't think it's the fact that they're being uh, manipulative or being malicious. I think what hurts Jesus' heart most is that they're not open to encountering God in this space. They're not open to meeting God in this moment. And that's what his answer is getting at. It's not just about Caesar and paying taxes to him or not. That's not what the question is about in the Pharisee's mind, but Jesus actually takes it to another level. He says, very well, give to Caesar that which belongs to Caesar, but also give to God that which belongs to God. Because he's saying that everything ought to be given to God. Everything belongs to God and in everything we can find God. So let's give God our attention in everything that we do. Because everything that belongs to Caesar also belongs to God, doesn't it? Everything that belongs to me also belongs to God. Everything that belongs to you also belongs to God. There's nothing that we have in our life. No thing or no person or no moment or situation that isn't held in God's hand. There's no distinction between the spiritual stuff and the ordinary stuff. We can encounter God at any moment. And what God is really looking for, what Jesus is really pointing at, is that God wants us to give ourselves to him. Not just in the spiritual moments, but in every moment, and in everything, and in every interaction, in every task. But the question really for us today is how? How do we give ourselves to God, if that's what he's asking for? How do we give ourselves to God while also giving ourselves to all of these ordinary, everyday things that demand our attention, demand our engagement? Because there's plenty of ways in which we can explicitly give ourselves to God. Okay, we go to prayer, we go to mass, and yeah, we're giving ourselves to God in a very obvious, direct way there. That's easy. We um, try and do God's will and be loving and kind, and in those ways, we're giving ourselves to God directly. We try and um, invite God into the big decisions of our lives, of, of how is he calling me to live. We're giving ourselves to God then. But how do we give ourselves to God in all the other ordinary stuff? While we're in all those ordinary moments when we have to engage with this, the earthly stuff, 
I think in one sense we can do this by pressing into these things, pressing into these tasks, these situations in the best way that we can. God's put us in that situation and we can be open to him, we can give ourselves to him by meeting that situation honestly with our full selves. And that might mean being faithful and true to our values and our beliefs that God's given us. It might mean being earnestly loving and respectful to every single person that we meet, not just the people that we meet in church, not just our Christian friends, but every person, whether we know them deeply or not. It might mean just being responsible for the way that we live in all those little everyday moments. But when we take these moments seriously, we foster this attitude that actually opens us up to God's grace working there. When we take these moments a little bit more seriously, then we're inviting that grace that God wants to share with us in those moments. Because there's grace at work when perhaps I just tell my partner, I love you just the same as I do every other day, but it's just the routine that we go through. But there's grace at work there, even though it seems mundane and repetitive. There's grace at work when I come into the office and I take a moment to actually greet my coworkers instead of just walking past them silently. There's grace at work when I stand on a train station and I actually open up my eyes and look around me at what's going on. Perhaps the clean train lines, perhaps the other people that are waiting for their trains. But if we believe that God is actually in everything, then it should invite us to this kind of openness, this posture of expectation that we can actually see God moving in our lives. Even if we're not seeing him, that we want to we invite his grace to be at work, even in those invisible ways. I just wanted to share a, a couple more experiences where I had had God turn up in totally unforeseen moments, in ordinary moments of my day. One time I was driving along listening to some music, um, and it was perfectly secular music, probably not the kind of music you would listen to. You would probably call it angry screamo music, but I like that sort of stuff. This was some years ago as well. I was listening to it, and the song was talking about some rather heavy emotions, And suddenly I was struck by people are actually wrestling with these kind of emotions and people are actually perhaps wrestling for their lives if they're in this kind of feeling of distress. And God had touched my heart in such a way that I couldn't help but pray in that moment for people that were wrestling in this sort of way, who were struggling in that kind of way. And for the next few minutes then, I was interceding and I was praying because my heart had just been wrenched by this with many tears out of the blue, while I was just listening to random secular music. God called me to intercede in that moment. I don't know who I was interceding for, but his grace was at work there. Another moment, I was riding my bike into university and I'd pulled up at the traffic lights at Camberwell Junction. Uh, You might not know Camberwell Junction, but it's a very busy intersection, like one of the busiest, biggest intersections around here. Cars everywhere, people everywhere. It would have been peak hour, early in the morning, Um, billboards everywhere, not a quiet, still sort of place. But as I stood there, I was suddenly struck by this feeling of stillness for no reason. couldn't explain it. It was very, very clear within my soul. Suddenly I was just feeling this stillness, um, which I was able to then take to prayer later and 
lean into with the Lord. But I didn't expect that he was going to turn up in such a random, busy, functional, ordinary sort of place in my life. But my invitation for you is the next time that you find yourself stopped at the traffic lights at a busy intersection, or just going about your day listening to music, or standing on a train station platform, or whatever ordinary thing you might find yourself doing, to open up your eyes, open up your ears to what God might be doing in that place. To how he might want to be speaking to you that day. How he might want to be showing himself to you in that moment or leading you somewhere or bringing his grace to somebody else through your openness. I invite you to just open up your heart a little bit more in that posture of expectation. You might even be so bold as to ask God, what are you doing in this place? What is the grace that you want to bring in this ordinary moment? Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.